Hello and welcome to another edition of the Slightly Personal Podcast. We are presented by NFL Draft Diamonds. I'm your host, Christopher DeCerbo, and today we are lucky enough to be joined by one of the more reliable receivers in the 2022 NFL Draft Pool. Jared Smart at the University of Hawaii was nice enough to be able to give me and the Slightly Personal Podcast fans a deeper look inside the receiver under the shoulder pads. Hey, hey, I, I keep, keep a rack on my feet. I need a rack for a feet. Rest. I get some rest in my dogs. They want to rat them some peas. Bitches be telling it all. And now you look best, you just got some D. So, Jared Smart, what was recruitment like for you? And what was the high school experience at Dublin High School? Uh, it definitely was good. Uh, well, at least the experience at Dublin High School was good. But uh, for me, uh, the recruitment, um, it didn't really pick up at all for me. Uh, I went to a lot of camps, but uh, I didn't. Or I, I only had one offer from Stetson uh, in Florida, in Jacksonville, uh, to play um, cornerback. And then, um, but then after that, I didn't really have any other interests or offers. So then I chose to go to um, Laney uh, Junior College in Oakland. And so then throughout there, uh, I played my freshman year. I played about five games, but I ended up getting hurt. And then um, didn't really have any looks either. And then um, we knew we had a good team coming back. So we had a lot of, you know, colleges coming in the spring checking guys out. And then um, we went on to my sophomore year, 2019, 2018 at Laney. And then we won a state championship there. And then um, after that, didn't really have any offers until Hawaii offered me a week before uh, signing day. And so then right then is when um, Hawaii offered me. And then, um, you know, I just pretty much chose them. That was the only offer I had. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely happy it happened. It's not, that's not a bad place to go play. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Good I bet. definitely missed it now that I'm gone, yeah. You're in Florida, though, so it's really not that bad. I'm here in New Jersey. I look outside. I got two feet of snow outside. I'm like, man, I'd love for some uh, Florida weather, some Hawaii weather right now. Oh, okay, yeah, no, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely, I mean, so... Not too different. So how do you feel that that time at the JUCO level helped maybe prepare you so that way when you went to Hawaii, your game and your skill set would be at the par of what that is at the Division One level? Uh, it definitely helped a whole lot because, you know, well, well first off, there's the Jugo level. I mean, I know guys may knock it, but there's there's a whole lot of great talent, you know, just on your team and in all the conferences. They just maybe other things happen, so they couldn't go to Division One right away. But uh, being able to go to junior college, you know, just the mentality it has, being able to have a chip on your shoulder, you know, and being able to see, you know, the transition and the mentality that other guys have. Once I got to a Division One, you know, it's pretty interesting to see that, like, I thought that everybody would have to have this type of mentality, but, you know, not everyone has it. And so, you know, I'm definitely happy that, you know, I was able to go through the junior college, you know, process and able to gain that. Are there any, like, important key moments you remember from your time at JUCO that really kind of, like, helped propel you into the position you are today or any really key situations? Because, like you said, the JUCO is not made for everyone. You know, it's kind of like, the mm. you know, it's either you make it or you don't. What kind of helped you make it through that system to be able to get that offer from Hawaii? Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely what helped me get through it was definitely all my, you know, my teammates, you know, which definitely ended up turning into brothers, you know, uh, definitely throughout the whole day, you know, all throughout my, you know, year and a half, two years there, you know, we started, you know, hanging out every day, spending hours and hours on the field. And so being able just to go through that whole process is, you know, definitely helped me being able to transition. Who are the other people that have been really important in the process of you growing, whether it be family members, friends, teammates, you know, can you give a little bit of a spotlight to maybe the people behind the scenes? 
from Laney or just overall? My just life? in general, just anyone from Laney, from high school, from your parents, from people that you know in your family or friends who have been really the important people that have really helped you get to the point where you are today and kind of keep you in check. Mm. Uh, you never say, or well, I mean, you know, off top, I mean, definitely my parents. You know, they put you know my brother and I, you know, in incredible positions. You know, in the beginning of our lives to be able to worry about you know our dreams that we want to instead of other things, and uh, you know, so that. So them too, they got to be the first two. And then uh, just definitely, you know, just the people that I've been around. So definitely, you know, my teammates, which turned to my roommates at Hawaii. You know, really a lot of my teammates that I've been able to spend a lot of time and they've really been like brothers to me these past couple of years. Talking about your parents, I know your dad's got a little bit of fame behind him. You want to give him a little bit of accolade? I know he hit a game-winning shot in, nine, or in 1987. You want to talk about that? Is that shot always playing in your house? How many times have you and your brother had to see that shot played? <laughs> uh not too much. I mean, when we were younger, he used to always, like, he would always make jokes about it and tell us about it. But, uh, you know, it definitely kind of, more people kind of talk about it than he does. So there's more the more times I'm getting shown by other people or getting asked about it than he ever brings about it. So he, he never really brings or talks about it too much. So he's always been pretty humble about it. How important is it to have a parent that's been through the, not only playing, but been through the coaching cycle, whether it be, you know, basketball's all professional out there, but being... You know, coach at the professional level, and then also, you know, at this time right now up in, you know, in Arkansas, how important was that to kind of have someone that's been there and that's done that, if, you know, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Um, it's definitely been huge. Uh, being able to have, um, just first off, being able to be a coach's kid is always great for a player, just to be able to go through it and understand, you know, little things that coaches want that other players might not have. And then being able to be a coach's kid of, you know, a coach that, you know, first coached in the league for 18 years and, you know, is still doing it at a collegiate level. So the things that he's been able to teach me, you know, are definitely, you know, monumental to where I've been able to, be, you know, progress as a man. And it's definitely been great having him, you know, as a mentor. Now talk about, you know, getting that offer letter from Hawaii. What's kind of like your mindset when you see that coming? Are you thinking, oh, I'm going to go get to play by the beach? Or are you thinking, oh, like what kind of situation am I going to be in? What's the whole mindset you had? Uh. Well, first talking with Rolovich uh, or uh, Coach Rolovich when I was there, uh, I knew about the run and shoot, and I knew that it was, you know, just a big, powerful offense, you know, real pass heavy. So, you know, it definitely, you know, a wide receiver's paradise, if you could say. So once that happened, I knew it was definitely going to be a good, you know, a good position for a receiver. And so I was really mainly focused on that. I mean, the beach was always a plus side, but I didn't really think I would end up liking that as much as I did before. You always want to go back, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait for. I can't wait to have some time to go back and meet up with some of the locals out there. Yeah, man, got to make it to the Pro Bowl, right? If they still do that in Hawaii when you uh, get to the professional level, just to add incentive, right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> they do. Hopefully they do. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about your time in Hawaii? Could you maybe talk about, you know, the ups and downs that you experienced as a player or, you know, just as a team in whole? Um, yeah, well, first, I mean, my time in Hawaii has definitely been interesting. Uh, well, for me, you know, came in first. My junior year had a really big year. Uh, definitely, you know, had a year that I had worked for and dreamed about. And then, um, and then Coach Rolovich left. We had a big coaching change, you know, and then Coach Graham came in. And then um, a lot of things kind of happened. A lot of, uh, you know, just situation things happened. And then, um, you know, of course, or at least for me, the progress, or at least, you know, the production still wasn't at the level I know it could have been and at what it previously was. But, you know, a lot of us still just playing hard, just playing for each other. So, um, 
you know, it's definitely been a great time, an interesting time at Hawaii, at least on the football side, you could say. But uh, I just know that the whole team that stayed there, we definitely, we definitely wanted to win that championship again. Now, you know, a little bit of controversy around Hawaii is obviously the situation that happened with Todd Graham where there's, you know, instances of abuse, you know, and mistreatment against players that have now transferred from, you know, Hawaii. Can you talk about, you know, those allegations and what kind of you experienced or, if, you know, if you have any, if there's any substance to those from your experience as a player on that team? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely just say that it's like, it's definitely probably just how Coach Graham coaches. Um, you know, he's definitely a, old school, uh, you know, like conservative type of coach, coaching, you know, um, real hard nose, disciplined type of coach. And so a lot of guys coming in Hawaii and even just the whole lifestyle of Hawaii, you know, those definitely clashed, you know, once we really start, when, once things really started to get heated. So for me, me and Coach Graham, you know, we were, so we had a good, uh, you know, relationship. Uh, nothing ever really happened. I didn't really ever see anything too bad. But um, just with the allegations and all that things out there, you know, I definitely can see that with the trend of Hawaii having a lot of player player coaches, at least in the past, and then a lot of people getting accustomed to that. And so then when Coach Graham comes, who's not really exactly a player's coach, still a great coach, but, you know, just some maybe some allegations which may have came up about, so. And how do you feel that Hawaii set up for the future with the hiring, you know, of Timmy Chang? I know he formerly played at Hawaii and all that. Have you had the opportunity to really ever get to talk to him, meet him while you're at Hawaii at all? Um, no, I actually didn't. Um, I, I mean, I saw him on the field a couple of times when we played Nevada, but I never actually got to speak with him. But, uh, I mean, I'm definitely excited for them. You know, I feel like that's a great hire. And I feel like, and especially, you know, with the guys he's bringing in, the OC coach, D-line coach, all that. You know, I definitely see that, you know, they're on like the real, a real good path to get back to where we were, you know, three years ago. And then more or less, even a couple of years ago when they had, you know, Chad Owens and all them boys. So it's definitely exciting to see, you know, and I definitely want to get back for a game soon. And now, like, transitioning into the pro talk, because obviously that's what you're training for right now. You're excited for the NFL draft coming up and what that opportunity might be like. You know, when I look at your game, you know, there's not really too many flashy points and all that, but I look at you as a reliable receiver. I feel that you're always, you know, looking at your stats and all that, not even just, you never miss a game, you know, which is really just something that you're looking for in the NFL right now. And also, you always make catches. You know, I think it was a stat you had with two to three catches almost every game you played or something like that. Wasn't that what I read? Uh, yeah, I think except for the past two or three, I think. Still, yeah, the last I mean, two or three. Okay. I mean, that's just, that's that's something that, you know, teams will look at and be like, you know, that's something we need because reliability is big. Like, you want that guy that's going to make the big play, which you have that opportunity to do too. Go down the field, make a deep, yes, catch a deep ball, you know, break off a run, you know, for 50 yards. Um, but how do you feel that your game translates to the pro level? Um, you know, I definitely see it as, you know, early on my wide receiver coach in high school, Coach Parker, he told me, you know, Find a find a player, emulate your game after him. So you know, I definitely saw myself as a player like a Doug Baldwin, like a possession type of receiver, but still make big plays. So you know, being able to always you know do the simple things, catch the ball, you know, get the first down, you know, hand control, all that, you know, just those little things that I you know I tend to focus on. You know, I can see translating great into the league. Doug Baldwin, that's a really good comparison, especially for the type of player he was. Like you said, reliable. That's what you know, especially when I see you. That's what I think of as the player person, but what kind of locker room guy are you? You know, when you go through this draft process, these teams are going to ask you what type of person you are. They're going to really dig into not just the player you are, but the person you are. What type of person are you in the locker room and also outside the locker room, you know, when you're by yourself and there's no one really watching and you kind of have to be responsible for yourself? 
Mm. I mean, this is definitely a question that I feel like the best or the best answer will come from if you ask, you know, the guys in the locker room how I am. But you know, for I mean, I'm definitely a guy. You know, I'm. You'll see me hanging out on one side of the locker room with the people on the other side, and this and that side. You know, I'm definitely keeping things inside the locker room, and especially when things you know need to get serious or hyped up or motivated. You know, I'm definitely a guy that's not really too afraid to speak up or say some things. You know, of course, in like a positive way, but you know, but other than that, you know, the locker room's definitely been since this is the first time that I've been really away from it. It is, it's definitely something that I miss. It's definitely something you know. It's a good time being able to, to be able to be in the locker room with the guys and speed the game. So definitely look forward to getting back into it. And how are you able to be that reliable guy that's able to start all these games and never be out? Is it the regimen you have? Is it the way you eat? Is it the way you take care of yourself? You know, what are like the big parts of the reason why you're able to be that reliable person in whatever system you're in? Uh, I definitely say it's probably just being able to have a schedule. You know, I've always been able to, you know, or my dad always preaching, you know, my mom and dad always preach about having a schedule, stay on things, you know, just be consistent. So, you know, being able to always tend to my body, you know, always have, a, you know, a foam roller, chest bands, always kind of be able to go get treatment early if I just got to, you know, wake up early, go do it, stay late, doing, you know, like the little things, you know, that some people, you know, haven't really done in the early parts of their career that you can tell later on. So I just try to, you know, being a coach's kid, my dad tells me uh, when I get to his age, I wish I did it. So I might as well just listen to him. And how's this offseason look for you so far? Are you still in Hawaii? What's it like for you right now? Or do you go to a different place? Where are you training currently? Uh, right now, I'm training at XBE Sport in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you know, and that has been real good. Uh, you know, my first, when I first got here, I ended up doing a quick week of training and then going to the Hula Bowl, uh, the Hula Bowl up in Orlando. And so then I weighed in at about 173, I think, over there. But then now that I was able to get back here for about three weeks, four weeks, you know, I'm weighing in at about, you know, 188, 189. I'm feeling good on my times, feeling good. So, you know, I'm definitely feeling good. You know, the plan that Matt Gates and Tony Villani have here, you know, is definitely good. You know, the whole group, everyone's improving and everyone's, you know, progressing. So it's definitely good to see. What's the key to putting on that weight? Is it just working out? Is there like a certain food you've been really attached to over in Fort Lauderdale? What's the, what's the key for people out there looking to gain a little weight out in Florida? Uh. It's definitely, you know, two of the things, you know, definitely you know, uh, the workout plan they have and then uh, just being able to be consistent, you know, just eating my eating my meals. You know, they have a great meal plan here for us. Uh, eating my meals, eating my calories, you know, extra stuff, peanut butter, you know, just extra little waffles and stuff like that, little stuff. But it's really just consistency. Just I didn't really see a, a change until really, honestly, the past week and a half or so, past week. And how does this offseason compare to other offseasons you've had, you know, in the past? Workload is uh, is definitely, you know, the same, at least just for, you know, intensity and, you know, my mindset. But, um, or, well, I mean, I'm closer than ever, so I'm definitely, you know, a little bit more motivated. But it's definitely different just to say that I've been, a, this is my first offseason, as, as you could say, away from football or without a spring ball. So, you know, this, I, you know, getting back to, a, you know, a regular schedule, you could say, definitely interesting to me. But, you know, I'm adjusting well and, you know, I'm just excited for the next couple months for me. Now, as someone that's been from California to going to play ball in Hawaii to play to practicing now out in you know Fort Lauderdale, what happens if you get like to a team that's like a snowy area? What happens if you go to Lambeau Field or what happens if you're in Chicago? Are you able to still be that reliable receiver if you don't have maybe the weather you know on your side? Uh, 
I can try and say the excuse that I was born in Indiana. So I'm, I have a little bit of Midwest blood in me, but no, no, seriousness, no. I mean, you know, just because, you know, I have been away from the cold, you know, I, I never really put that into my head. You know, whenever it actually does get cold in here or, or at least in California for the games, you know, it never really changed my game. So, you know, I look forward to being able to at least play in some, some whiteout games. At least, you know, I've always seen them on TV. It look, it, and I guess it always looks like a good game to play in, but. It's definitely going to be interesting for me to get to at least a Buffalo or a Green Bay type because I've never really been in that type of cold, honestly. Is there a team that you grew up, you know, idolizing or being really, you know, is there a team that you're kind of hoping that, you know, calls you that day? Uh, I, I do have a team, but they won't be able to call me. It was the Oakland Raiders. But, you know, I mean, any team call me, I'll be happy. But, you know, since I grew up in the Bay, the Oakland Raiders was the closest team to me. And so, you know, first started, my dad took me, me and my brother to some games. And then my dad and I started going, and then I just started going with my friends and teammates and stuff. So, definitely miss it. Well, Jared, that looks like it's all the time that we have for today. You know, I really appreciate, you know, man, you taking the time to give me and the Slightly Personal Podcast fans a little bit look on, you know, the person inside the shoulder pads out there, you know, in the University of Hawaii jersey. Um, I look forward to seeing, you know, where your story leads to and, you know, where it eventually leads to in the pro level. Uh, I'm looking forward to the possibility of seeing – you on Sundays and Mondays because I know that you know that's where you're headed right now. You know, keep up the hard work with everything, and like I said, man, I really do appreciate you taking the time today. I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All right, Jared. Take care. All right, have a good one. Appreciate you. Fuck if you owe me, them brokers got habit. RP code, we got 24 bullets for 80 of your problems. I'm shooting like marriage. Just like I had it. I might be on man. I might be a rapper. They know I be trapping. One thing I won't do is give me no money. It's like being faithful. It just ain't gonna happen.